He's been getting assistance from a speech pathologist over the last month and his speech has improved a lot. He's also starting to attempt more challenging foods. But it's hard. I invited Brad back one month after surgery to see how he's going. I didn't expect it to be quite as so hard as it was in the hospital. I'm in the recovery post-surgery. It took longer than I thought it would take. Um, Although that said, you're back at work. You've been back at work for a week or more. I am. I'm, I guess, fundamentally impatient. I have a huge, um, I have a huge internal sense of urgency about things that probably means I'm impatient and not a very good patient. No, you're not a very good patient. I saw that firsthand. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's all right. Your secret will go to my grave. Mm. And stay with all the nurses that I threw out of my room. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was harder. Um, than I expected, uh, sorer than I expected. I didn't believe myself that my voice would change. It has changed, and to me, quite noticeably, other people quite diplomatically and politely tell me it hasn't changed much and they don't notice any difference. But I must admit, I open a lot of meetings with an apology for sounding a bit like a drunken sailor um, and that I haven't had anything to drink yet today. But um, apart from the self-conscious feeling I have about my voice, I, um, I figure it's okay. I'm okay with it. I'm, I know you think that that's sugar-coating things a little, and it probably is. So I'm, uh, I'm disappointed in some respects that I didn't believe my own story. I mean, I, I, I got it wrong, in other words. I actually thought my voice would be okay. Um, but it has changed and I find it difficult sometimes to talk um, or difficult to get my um, tongue around the words, what's I've, what, left, what I've got left of my tongue. So um, that's kind of weird. I'm learning to swallow again. I made light of that in the first week or two, but the reality is... It's you're not do, very funny. No, you do need to learn to swallow all over again. Mm-hmm. And I get that hopelessly wrong from time to time and nearly choke myself. Um, so it's very easy for us, as we know, to, to swallow something and have it, you know, quote unquote, go down the wrong hole. Uh, for me, it's much more easy for things to go down the wrong hole. Than and potentially very dangerous. Oh, quite. Um, so I, um, I'm conscious of that. Eating is, uh, has been much more difficult than I thought. Again, I made jokes about, you know, living off soup and um, and stuff like that and um, scrambled eggs. But I do find that I have to eat a lot more softer and easier to manage food than I expected I would. Mm. Um, I'd and, love and soup loses its lure after a little while, surely. It does. I get incredibly frustrated when I'm just a little bit hungry and feel like a snack. I can't grab a biscuit, for instance, or put some you know, Vegemite toast together because those things are just a little too hard to eat. Eating a chocolate or biscuits or chips, as in crisps, are difficult because we consume them and then with our tongue we kind of clean our teeth a little bit, uh, if you think about that. I can't do that because my tongue doesn't manoeuvre itself around inside my mouth almost at all anymore. And so um, it's, it's 
practically impossible to enjoy a packet of crisps um, or anything like that. All right, let's try and give that a little bit of perspective, though, Brad, because as you said, you're just uh, just over a month from the time that you've had the surgery. Most people would still be at home convalescing and feeling pretty sorry for themselves, but you've been well and truly back at work for a week or more. The surgeon has said that it, it, it can take months for that numbness to ease, although there will likely be some form of permanent nerve damage from the extent of the surgery. He took a lot more of the base of your tongue than he expected to. The tumour actually extended further down your throat towards your trachea, the, your larynx, sorry, that, than he expected to. Uh, so what was going to be a 45-minute operation on that first operation, the throat part, let alone the lymph glands in your neck, uh, that actually took about three hours. Yes, um, it was much longer, I gather, than expected. He did take much more, and he's told me that too. He's taken much more than he expected to take. Uh, therefore, obviously, the tumour was bigger than anybody expected it to be. And yet, yeah, you're right, I'm back at work um, as much as it is. Um, I get tired easily. As I said, I'm sort of fundamentally impatient, so um, I'm kind of annoyed that I'm not back to normal, but you're right, it has been a month. And so if I'm looking at this logically, and if I was listening to myself now and casting my mind back to the decision I had to make about taking the option for surgery or not, um, I'd be kicking myself saying, you know, don't be such a fool, you've only been a month at mm. it so far. Mm. So it's unfair, I suppose, to say I'm a bit cross that I'm not back to normal after 30 days. But, um, yeah, but that's just me. It's obvious that your speech has been affected, although I expect that that will improve substantially over time, as will eating, drinking, swallowing, improve. But there's a fair bit of the journey to go before you get to, to that point, and um, it's going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately, isn't it? Well, for me, it will get worse before it gets better because of the secondary cancer in my lymph node, which was removed, and the likelihood that there might be microscopic cancer elsewhere um, in my lymphatic system so they are going to subject me to radiation therapy for a little while, the details of which haven't been planned yet, but suspect that will be sometime in the next 30 days. Um, and so radiation therapy is never fun, not that I've had it before, but from what I see, that means, yes, I'm going to go get worse before I get better. That said, I still feel it was the right decision to have the surgery first, get rid of the tumour and then deal with whatever else there may be as a result of the surgery or as a result of the cancer being elsewhere. Mm. It's obviously hard work for you to talk and I suspect as you get tireder, as the, the, the day goes on, it becomes harder. How's your pain and discomfort now, a month later? More discomfort than pain I'm still on the painkillers. I've I've reduced the painkillers. Uh, for what it's worth, and, and the amount doesn't really matter so much, but I was taking them four times a day. Uh, this time last week, I reduced them from four times a day to once a day over two days. So I went from four <laughs> to two to one. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time last week, literally Thursday afternoon last week, I was in no good shape whatsoever. 
So that was a very foolish thing to do, but that, um, I was just wanting to get rid of the painkillers. But I am uh, reducing the painkillers. I have a very good pain management regime that I really should follow and listen to people about. Um, <laughs> what, listen to your GP? Yeah, doctors. <laughs> Wendy, did you hear that? Brad is from this point forward going to listen to you. Mm, yes. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, yes. So I do. I, pain management is is a very important part of the healing and recovery process. And one shouldn't be as impatient as I have been with that. But yes, pain management is, is, is good. Discomfort is a better way to describe what I'm going through, unless, as I said, I didn't take the painkillers. Um, but um, discomfort is how to describe talking. It is uncomfortable. I'm constantly feeling like I need to swallow something in my throat, mm. but that's probably a scar or a scab or whatever one uh, presumes is the remainder from the wound that I have in my throat. Yes, it, it, after talking for a while, I get tired. Brad, when we started talking about this, when you came in and did your first interview with me to talk about your diagnosis with throat cancer, um, I guess the assumption was that... It was tobacco induced. Not that you've you've been a smoker. You smoked for a few years as a as a young man, but your father was one of the country's last tobacco blenders. You've been of a generation where we have been surrounded by passive smoke everywhere for our entire lives, from the time we were children to joining the workforce. There's been smoke everywhere. So there was there was, I guess, an assumption there that it was tobacco induced. But it wasn't. It turns out that the throat cancer that I have is an HPV, human papilloma virus, which is easier, easier, easier for say, me to say, easier for you to say than me. <laughs> um, and uh, it is uh, now, I'm told, um, the most common cause of throat cancer in men, way ahead of smoking. Yes, I've been surrounded by passive smoke pretty much all my life, and I smoked for a few years from my late teens until my early 20s. Um, but no, this doesn't appear to be a smoking-caused cancer. It's HPV. And um, as the most common cause of cancer in men, it seems to me that this recent move to vaccinate young boys in, uh, in their first year of high school is a, a damn fine thing and, um, and should be promoted much more widely than it currently is. It rolls out in, in schools this year uh, for boys. Of course, girls have been vaccinated. It is the same vaccine that they're giving to girls for, for cervical cancer protection because it is a, the same virus that causes it. It is the type 16 of HPV uh, that causes cervical cancer in girls and, and women. And it is the same type that is causing throat cancers uh, in, in men. So the same vaccine is now being uh, made available to kids as they're getting to uh, year seven and, and year eight in high schools. And um, there is a website dedicated to that as well if you would like some more information, which is hpvvaccine.org.au. You can have a look at that. You can get lots of information from the cancer counsellor as well. But as the mother of two small boys and standing in that operating theatre with you for, for six hours, there was a point there where I was looking at looking down your throat uh, up on one of the big screens in that operating theatre and I just wanted to cry because what you were going through 
as oblivious to it as you were at the time, but as you are going through, it's preventable from this point on. Yes, and the um, HPV virus in men can um, be with you for decades without you knowing it. Most people have the virus come and go like most... 80% of people? Mm. Yeah. And like, it's like, like the cold. You get it and your body goes, yeah, whatever, see you later. That's right. And like so many viruses we, we have had over the years in our lives. Um, but as a grandfather of a young boy heading close enough now to um, his first year of high school, I too um, would be a strong recommender that he be vaccinated as soon as he can. You'll be rolling his sleeve up for him, won't you? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> How do you feel? Do you feel positive? Um, I'm never really negative about much except in quiet moments. I'm quite positive about it. Uh, and so um, I'm, I'm uh, as I've said, I'm kind of disappointed. I sound a bit like a drunken sailor from time to time. But and you've gotten a bit skinny. I suppose I've gotten a bit skinny. I can't really afford to lose much weight. But then again, I haven't been drinking much beer, so maybe <laughs> I should be drinking more beer. I don't know if that would be recommended at all. No, maybe not. We actually went and had lunch last week, one day last week, and um, it took a couple of hours, and you said to me, the trouble is I'm exhausted before I've had enough to eat. Yes, that's true. It, you, you do find that once you've got to the point that you can, can consume some real food, as I said, I'd love to hoe into a steak, but putting that to one side, there are some foods that I can eat, Presuming that, uh, uh, provided that they are, you know, cut small. Let's just take something simple like, you know, sausages and mashed potato. Really easy thing for me to eat now because I can, you know, I can chew a bit, I can swallow and what have you. But after one sausage, I'm so exhausted that I really can't uh, even consider a second. So it takes too long to eat what I would really like to eat. And that's kind of disappointing. I'm getting plenty of calories and protein because I have lots of, you know, scrambled eggs and, you know, lots of custard and all sorts of stuff that sounds really good and Yeah, but it's not a steak, is it? No, it's not. And so that's kind of disappointing. So I'm getting plenty of calories. I'm just not getting what I really want. I'm sure we're going to have that steak lunch. I'm not sure when it is. No. There's a bit to go yet. Mm, sometime soon, I But hope. I'm sure that we will. Thanks for the catch-up. Mm-hmm.